and welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. There's plenty to discuss on this week's show as, with the title now in the bag to sit alongside the Via Play Cup, there are three games remaining in the Premiership and a Scottish Cup final to come for Celtic. In the company of former Parkhead striker Chris Sutton and Record Sports' Michael Gannon, we'll assess how Celtic are shaping up for those final four games after just a second loss of the domestic season to Rangers last weekend. And with Chris on the show, it's only right we take a look back at Seville. And 2003 is the 20th anniversary of that night approaches. 20 years, boys, eh? Where did the time go? Yeah, where, where, where did it go? We don't, we don't <laughs> look a day older, chaps. Well, no, you don't. You don't. Well, you don't look any older, Chris. Don't know about you, Mike. No, I, I, that's because I work out. <laughs> and and so it appeared as Michael. If you look yeah, at that, I don't even work. I mean, I don't even work to be honest with you. I don't even work out. No, well, I don't think people argue that. You, I mean, you must be you must be the highest paid journalist at the record by the looks of things. All this equipment. <laughs> it's. Uh, I'm not even the highest paid person in this, this bedroom I'm in just now. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, we'll kick off um, three league games to go for Celtic now, starting with St Mirren on Saturday to build up to the Scottish Cup final. Chris, where do you feel the squad are at this particular time? Um, I think I think you have to look at this different ways, don't you? I mean, where, where are the squad at? Um, everything is, you know, all the players will be concentrating on the... Um, on the cup final, of course. Um, you know, we've seen Ange at the weekend uh, give some fringe players uh, an opportunity at, uh, at Ibrox. I think that that's a, a pretty sensible thing to do for, for players who haven't had game time, just to see whether, you know, they could handle the occasion at all. But at this moment in time, the, the focus at the start of the season is winning every trophy. And Celtic are in a, a, a brilliant position now. They've got Inverness, which I'm not saying Inverness will be uh, a, a pushover, but you know it's a it's a great opportunity for uh, for the players to to cement the treble. Uh, you know we can't get away from that fact. So every, all the focus will be on that final game and 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 going into that. Well, I, I think the last month or so the team have looked a little bit jaded, uh, in truth. And you know since the title has wrapped up, the manager's entitled to uh, to make changes and, and give other players an opportunity. Michael, do you agree with that? It's been, it feels like an incredibly long season. We Obviously, it's been an unusual season with the, the World Cup being in the middle of it that Chris was fortunate enough to be at. Uh, does, it, does it feel like a long season? Is it understandable that maybe a wee bit of fatigue kicking in, mental and physical? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, Celtic Squad have poured a lot into this, this season. When you look at some of the results along the way, a long unbeaten run, last-minute goals and fighting to 96, 97 minutes and all that stuff. They put a lot of work in to get to the point of winning the league and getting over the line. So it's only natural there's a bit of a, a kind of deflation, a bit, a bit of a um, get a bit tight, a bit um, jaded, and like you say, they look a bit clapped out, to be fair, in the last few weeks, which is understandable. So I think the next few weeks is about giving guys at game time, let them get a taste of it, but also keeping guys a bit fresher for that cup final. Because Chris is right, cup final is the be-all and end-all now. Um, this is the kind of procession, the kind of victory lap in the league. It's now all about handing in two weeks' time. So it's, um, yeah, I think it's getting that balance, isn't it? Giving guys game time and also keeping the ones that you want for, for handing fresh. That's, that's going to be key in the next few weeks. Chris, Ange Postecoglou made the decision at Ibrox last Saturday to rest one or two of his 
he's came in and to give that game time that Michael's talking about, uh, Oh and for Kyogo, Alexandro Bernabai and for Greg Taylor, the two most obvious ones. What was your take on that and the, the sort of fallout from the game? There's been a lot of chat about, you know, showing that Rangers are, are, are now capable of mounting a challenge next season, that kind of thing, that kind of talk. Do you think it was the right thing to do? Give the give the lads a, a chance and see how they coped in that environment? I think you've got to look at the, look at that game from both teams' perspective. Celtic have, have all, had already wrapped up uh, the league. You know, Celtic have been in a in, in a good position in the fact that uh, Ange Postecoglou, um, you know, has been able to to send one of his star players for an operation earlier. Uh, you know, early on, Carter Vickers playing the um, the semi final against Rangers and then going for a knee op. If, if the title race was was really tight, that wouldn't have happened. He would have stayed. I mean, it's worked out perfectly uh, in that respect. And other players, do you know what? I sympathise with with the likes of Kobayashi and uh, and Bernabai and uh, and and O because it's very very difficult for just just to get up to speed quickly. I don't I don't think Bernabai would have would have started double figure games this season. I've got to say, I think that the games I have seen him in. Uh, he looks a little bit short at this moment in time, in terms of his uh, in terms of his performance levels. Uh, Kobayashi, I think, is is a work in progress. I think you know the, the sort of obvious uh, thing about him is you know his his physicality. Um, you know he got bullied for the for the goal from the corner, but you know he looks competent on the ball, and it's a it's a wait and see. We still need to judge him over a longer period of time, and and oh. Has, has you know mostly come off the bench, and I actually think that he's looked uh, pretty much a handful. So, in terms of Celtic's objective going into the game, it, you know, it clearly was to to give players the opportunity. From from Rangers' perspective, it was you know I'm not saying it was a a, a must win, but I do think that, as is as is natural in Glasgow, the sort of fallout after the game. Is you know it's just been bonkers. You know you think that 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 uh, you know Rangers uh, Rangers had uh, had won a major honour. I mean from Celtic's point of view, from a player's point of view, at the start of the season, it's about winning the league. Celtic have ticked that that box. It's about you know winning cups if you can. Celtic have already won the league cup, and then they're uh, you know got the opportunity to uh, to win the Scottish Cup last game of the season. That's what you aim for at the um, at the start of the season, and Celtic are nearly there. So in terms of um, I saw Callum McGregor talking about the disappointment within the dressing room, though. You know, it's all about the bigger picture. And Celtic have, have been a massive success. I just sense sort of, you know, stuff I've read and stuff I've heard. Uh, it, you know, it's it's like a friendly game for Celtic. It wasn't that way for Celtic. It's, you know, it, it's, you know, it, Ange Postacoglu made changes. Michael Beale uh, played a, a particular way. And, and both managers would have learned a lot about the players, but essentially, you know, the supporters get really, um, you know, uh, up for these games. And I get that. But when, you know, I talked about it being a dead rub uh, rubber and it being the doesn't matter trophy, I do stand by that from a player's perspective. It, you know, it, it didn't matter for Celtic because in the big games, when it did matter, they did step up. And that's, I'm sure within the dressing room, that's the way the players will feel. I agree with you, but you're saying it doesn't matter, but what I think matters is that you mentioned Burnaby. Burnaby costs £3.75 million. Pounds. He's played 27 games this season. I think it matters that your your, your backup left-back isn't cutting it. I mean, if, I, if that is a European game next season and Greg Taylor's injured, 
Celtic are unbothered, aren't yeah, they? But, 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 is that, but was that not the whole point, to, to give him an opportunity against... He's played 27 games, yes. see whether he can stand up. It, it's not easy to go. I think over the course of the season, I think there's a big question mark over Bernabeu. Yeah. But, that, but that's the whole point about giving him the opportunity. He hasn't trusted him before. I think I'm right in saying that even in the 2-2 game, he brought on Juranovic, Ur- was that right? Yeah. yeah. So, so right. yeah. So there you go. You know, there isn't faith in him. Look, I mean, there, there have been so many transfers which which Ant Postacoglu has made, which have been a success. There's going to be the odd one, which is which is wrong. I do believe that's a, uh, a position of concern for Celtic, though, and I suspect yeah. there'll be an area where Ange Postacoglu will look to strengthen. I'm just thinking that I mean Celtic. I mean, I mean, Carl Vickers and, and Starfield have been rock solid all season. They've been fit all season, and obviously. Cameron Carter Vickers played through the kind of pain barrier for a while as well. Is that not also suggesting that, that, that Kobayashi's not ready either? I mean, I'm thinking... Give him not, longer, Mick. Come on, this is, you know, this is ruthless journalism from you. I'm just it? asking the question, Chris. I'm only asking the question. Kobayashi's obviously not, isn't ready either. But then, yeah, well, you're writing him off. You're writing him off. I think he needs time. I think Bernabe, uh, after 27 appearances, I think that's a lot of a concern. At £3.75 million, He's made 12 starts, 27 games in features, and he doesn't look yeah. as though he's cutting it as yet. Kobayashi, again, give him time. Listen, he's played he's played a few games now. Kobayashi really struggled against St. Murn, get tortured for half an hour against Hearts, and a poor game at Ibrox. So you, 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 you're writing him off, mate. I'm not writing him off. I'm no, saying he's a very, yeah, very, it, very it, tough It lessons. sounds like it. What, so how, how, long, how long are you prepared to give him then? Well, well, that's not that's not a question. So, see you going to next season. Then he's not going to start the season as first choice. But what happens in the verge of the first Champions League group game and Starfield gets injured? Can you trust me to play in that environment? Did you did you write Aaron Moyle? No, I didn't. So, so no, when, I he had, when he had a few sort of average games at the start, were you different? No, I don't. No, I don't think so. Aaron Moyle's got a career CV to back him up. Kobe actually hasn't got that yet. He's only 21, so he's got a lot of developing to do. What I'm saying well, is... What about Dazen Maida then? A, a, another player who took a fair bit of flack um, from a lot of people at, uh, you know, at, at the start. Didn't hit, didn't hit the ground running. I don't think Dazen got a hard time at the start. No, I, I just think you've got early. I'm only asking the question, Chris. If you get to that Champions League group stage first match and Starfield's injured and you have to rely on Kobe Ashi, is that a good enough backup to have for, for those two guys? I've got one for you, Michael. Did you notice a couple of weeks ago when Ange Postecoglou was talking about Tomoki Iwata? Said he could also play at centre back. He can play a back and a, a three at the back. He's played there before as part of a back three. Um, but he's not played there for Celtic yet. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, you're looking at your heaven, squad. Heaven help him when he does. I'm talking about next year's squad in Europe. The big game's coming hard and fast. If you lose, I can't have a Starfield. I think Celtic are in big bother. Because um, I don't think, I don't think you, know, you were you were whamming Starfelt early on. I, I listen. I was one of the few. How long does it take to win Mick Gannon over? Well, it takes a bit of time, Chris. But I, I, in fairness, I wasn't. I wasn't slate. I wasn't slating Carol Starfelt. I wasn't one of the ones that was slating uh, Starfelt. Um, I, I think he has has got a bit about him. But I, I think they're two more vital because I think as, in terms of backup, I think Celtic still a bit short in that that, that area. Um, Kobayashi is a long-term project. It will be the next season. Who knows? Um, I think in terms of O, oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be writing him off. I think he, he didn't have a great game. That's nice. He didn't have a great game at the weekend, but he, I think he's seven touches of the ball, <laughs> which is um, 
the whole point about this period, isn't it? In, in that Celtic are in a luxurious position, and Postacoglu is in a luxurious position where he can give these players the opportunity. So he can find out in these uh, remaining games, you know, rest his key players, uh, get them ready, wrap them up in cotton wool uh, before the final. And, and, and he can actually, you know, make a balanced decision on these players because they may be training well. I mean, Haksavanovic hasn't hasn't started enough games. He, he started the Motherwell game. I actually think he's come on and had some brilliant cameos. But against Motherwell, he had you know had a start. Thank you. Didn't, start didn't the Ibrox. Thank you for starting the Ibrox Cup. I think it was a bit of a surprise that uh, that, that he didn't do. Uh, I, I mean, you guys are in the know. I'm not in the know. But, you know, Abada starting talk about uh, you know him going in the summer. You know, it, it's sort of I've seen. You know, a lot of stories about him not being happy, but the fact he started, if he was if he was leaving as a, an odd one starting him, wasn't it, ahead of Haksabanovic? Wouldn't you, would you agree? Think, you would think so, yeah. And you spoke to you spoke to Abada a couple of days prior to the game, didn't you, Michael? Yeah, listen, we asked him straight out about his future. And, um, he gave what did him. you ask him? What, what is your future? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, and he gave us the, the typical football football player answer. Um, I'm only thinking about here now. I'm not thinking about my future and all that stuff. Blah 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 blah. So it didn't it didn't reveal an awful lot about um, about his future. He's not listen, he's not up to match fitness yet. About us, I think he needed needed game time. So I understand why he started them. Um, needed matches, but he did look a bit a bit off it, didn't he? Um, the, the entire, the entire team looked off it and Sunday and I just don't, I don't get uh, guys that, like why everybody is getting uh, the knickers in such a twist about the result. Honestly, it, it you know there's a there's a complete difference. Uh, you know, in in playing a game when you've won a title, naturally you take your foot off the gas. I'm not taking anything away from Rangers and the way they performed. They performed as they should have done with with a great deal of pride. There was a humiliation factor, um, you know, that that Celtic have you know been so dominant this season. And in many respects, you know, that's that that's that's good for them that they did show that sort of pride. And you know, it, it's it, you know, there's this is a Celtic podcast, so we're not going to talk about Rangers. But there's plenty of decisions to be made at Ibrox, isn't there, about the futures of you know some of their um, some of their players? But it's got no bearing on. Next season, absolutely not. It's the big games this season, the games which matter, which you uh, which you look at, and and Celtic have you know have, have dominated the big games. That's the long and the short of it. Um, what will be interesting, and the stuff I've seen Ange Postecoglou say in the last couple of days is, and stuff reported is about um, talk about some of the big bigger players uh, being sold over the summer and other players coming in. And I know it's it's been you know really pretty seamless in terms of. Um, Players who Ange Postecoglou has, has brought in and they're fitted well, but at at some stage that will you know they they will hit the buffers on that one. So I think it's going to be a fascinating watch which players do leave um, Celtic Park over the summer. That's a nice way to move this on, uh, Chris Michael. You obviously did the piece with Ange um, in the paper today uh, on Wednesday, I should say. Um, He's talking about making signings that can take the club to the next level. It's quite an exciting prospect for Celtic fans if if he if he comes good on that. Potentially quite an expensive one as well. Because yeah. mm-hmm. um, it's going to cost to get upgrades on the current side. It's going to cost money, isn't it? Um, 
how much to generate from sales. That, I think Chris touched on it there. Now. That's interesting. Um, who's going out and who's coming in, Mick? That's what. Well, that's essentially what you're on here for. Listen, I, I suppose the Coggle is, is clearly he's missing. This is this goes back to kind of um, the AGM for Christmas, and he kind of hinted at it then as well when he said, "Don't get too close to your heroes and all that stuff." Because I think he is he is prepared to to, to sell if the if bids come in for certain players. Who? Um, so you're looking at I think I think Abada I think is one I think it quite possible will go. I think the manager expects bids for the likes of maybe Jota. Maybe Cat- and Carter Rickers getting injured has probably helped him a wee bit, I think, this, this summer. That may be a double favour. I suspect uh, best in all of them. Uh, Rio Hitati, I think interest in him. Yeah, I think you're right. So I think, about, I think there could be four or five players who will get, get approached this, this summer. And it'll be interesting to see how the club handle it. Come on, give us an exclusive. Well, nothing's happening yet, Chris. The phones aren't ringing quite yet. But I know that, listen, we know there's interest in Hitati, we know there's interest in Abada. Uh, I'd be surprised that there wasn't big interest in Carter Vickers and Jota. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting um, because at some point someone's going to put a big check on the table for some, some of these guys. Uh, People don't use checkbooks anymore, mate. <laughs> I, thought, I thought at the back of what, down in Norfolk, I don't use checkbooks. You guys don't use challenge and fathoms. We've not got checkbooks yet. Who's <laughs> gone death for yet? You pay in hay. You pay in hay. <laughs> but, but, but I suppose look I mean the situation with Celtic uh, you know at this moment in time it's it's the cup final to play for and then it's it's like Mick says it's what happens next isn't it which uh, which everybody's looking at and it's it's about the Champions League isn't it and then you know the the nervousness all the time but it, you know it's brilliant you see the group stage draw and it, it's whether Celtic can compete and I mean, first of all, you know, Celtic have got to make sure they they hold on to the manager, which, you know, it's, that that I really do think it's one to watch that one on the basis that I think it'll be sought after. I think it'll be courted. Um, you know, not just necessarily down south. It's interesting. You know, Tottenham don't don't have a you know a manager, but if you're a, you know from a Celtic point of view, you want. Uh, and Postacoglu to, to to stay, and he talked about trying to give teams a bloody nose last season in the Champions League. I think he'll be even more determined if it's possible this season to to really make his mark. So I think with in terms of people coming into the club and um, and, and players going out, it's uh, it's going to be a really interesting watch what does happen. Because for example, if Celtic do sell uh, Rio Hatate, which um, you know, I think he's irreplaceable in in the way that, that that Celtic play, and it's one of those where they haven't got time necessarily players to get up to speed because the Champions League comes around, you know, really quickly. So there are certain players, you know, uh, Nick has mentioned Carter Vickers, who Celtic Celtic bad. just can't do that. It's not too bad without the qualifiers. The op- the opening Champions League, the great bonus of Celtic going straight to the group stages is mid September. The league should start. It still, it still comes, start. it still comes around quickly. The, the point yeah, still the stands. The league started so. beginning of August, or six weeks. But, but it's okay. It's okay. Uh, Celtic or oh, Ange Postecoglou saying, right, well, you know, we, we we can sell some big players, but there are um, sort of non-negotiables in that. In in in, in my view, in in Carter Vickers, uh, in Hatate, in Callum McGregor, you know, Celtic cannot do without them. In Kyogo. You know, they're they they are four players who Celtic absolutely cannot sell. 
Tony, just to take issue with your saying, it comes around quickly. Remember, Celtic's position in the food chain, unfortunately, means that they're vulnerable. And they could be sitting the last day of the transfer window in August and bump 25 million bid to Fatati and he goes uh-huh. the last day. But that's not happened with Moussa Dembele, didn't it? The last day, um, lost a £25 million striker. So Celtic, uh, uh, unfortunately for them, the, the way the food chain is, and we're looking at this morning, I mean, I mean Zaha down at Crystal Palace, new contract, 200 grand a week for, for that uh, Crystal Palace player. This is the market that Celtic are having to try and defy and, and find these kind of gems on the cheap they can polish up for the Champions League. Nobody would expect Crystal Palace to be going and storming through the Champions League they can barely survive in the Premier League but and they're paying 200 grand a week for strikers so this is the market Celtic are having to try and fight against and try and, and do well it's, it's really tricky um, I mean I think Ange Postcall was saying he wants to take them to the next level getting to that next level is brutally hard the thing you say Chris about non-negotiables is um, I do take that on board but has there been a template set already and the fact that nobody really thought it would be possible to so seamlessly replace Joseph Juranovic and so um, that's yeah and uh, I, I know I know I know where you're coming from to do that again and yeah. again and again no but it's just you know it's 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 just a feeling isn't it and as much as anything who I mean who is there around I mean Carter Vickers has been an amazing player for Celtic and, you know, the history of him coming in, how he came in, last throw of the dice uh, in, in the window. I think the deal was done at 10 to 12 or something like that. Well, you know, and when Ange Postacoglu signed him, there could not have been that expectation that he would have been this good. He's been Did, the, you know... Yes, the, you, you'd seen him just previously? playing. A, well, we've seen him again. Uh, I'd seen him play for Tottenham against... Uh, Portuguese team. I, I'm struggling to pronounce the name. I think it's Pacos, Pacos Ferreira, something okay. like that. Okay. okay, there's a pronunciation buzzer coming. He was so bad in that game, right? When he when he signed for Celtic, I was thinking, oh god, heaven uh, help Celtic. He has been he has been phenomenal um, for Celtic. That partnership. We write you know, uh, them off. Was I writing him off um, <laughs> on the basis of that one game? But this is the dangerous one. So I, I so what I'm trying to uh, what I'm trying to give Mick is some of that some of that experience. Don't write players off too early. So I learned I learned my lesson. <laughs> don't do you did basically. That's the lesson to ever <laughs> Don't do as I do. Do as I tell you. Um, <laughs> But no, he was, uh, you know, he's. I, I, just, I just really do feel that he is irreplaceable for uh, for Celtic. Look, uh, I mean, it, it was inevitable Celtic would miss him at the weekend, not just his, his physicality, but in terms of uh, the way he brings the ball out from the back. Uh, and that there's just that, there's just that feeling uh, and that confidence when he plays that Celtic are far better off at the back. And if you want to compete in the Champions League, you, you know, they, they cannot really replace Cameron Carter Vickers. You know, how, how do you do that? They're gonna to have to get really, really lucky. I take your point about uh about uh Juranovic. You know, I do. Uh I think O is a really interesting one because Jack and Maccas, you know, O has come on and, and done okay. Um, you know, and he's sort of not far off Jack and Maccas, but I I think if you ask Celtic fans honestly at this moment in time, they'd say there's 
you know, not much in that really. Maybe Jack Amak is in terms of goal scoring had a bit of experience and a bit of, you know, edge over him. But he's he's done he's done pretty well. But you know, the other one I stand by is they, they cannot sell Hatate this uh, you know, this summer if they want to compete in the Champions League, because I think that while they've got McGregor who knits everything together, I think Hatate's different to all the other midfield players in, in the way that he actually plays the game, the way he knits things together, drives up the pitch and, and connects the player. I think that he's crucial to keep. Actually, I, don't, I don't think that's the case, Chris. I don't agree with that. I think I think Poster Coglu will be confident even if they're playing the place for replacements. I mean, think of when, when he first came in the door um, as Poster Coglu, he had to replace Chris Ayer, Scott Brown, Odson Edward and Ryan Christie. I mean, this mm-hmm. Four top operators had to replace, and he didn't bat an island. How well? How well did those those players you're talking about play the previous season? Listen, that that was a stinking season. But you're talking about Chris Iyer, who's now playing the Premier League. So how well? How well did he play? I mean, was his was his heart in it? But the end. Well, we can, listen, we can we can we can analyze the psychology of these players all we like, but they were still top. Well, players. that's quite, quite important, Mick, isn't it? No, but they won they won a lot of trophies at Celtic and were top players and were sold for top yeah, money. I'm not, they were not in bad, the not bad players. No, but but that last season, I'm, I'm not disputing that, but that last season was catastrophic and a lot of players down tools. I, I, I take that I take that point, but you still need to replace these players. They're still top players they need replaced. And they oh, were so you, you think Celtic? You think Celtic can replace Hatate easily in the summer and compete in the Champions League? You think Carter Vickers is better than Chris Ayer? Do I think? But what what game are we playing here? Oh no! But we, talking, are we oh, just going to ask each no, other questions all the no, time? No, you, I'll ask you first. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think if Celtic replace Hatate or, or can replace Hatate and compete in the Champions League? I think you have to trust the manager to, to, to his belief that he can replace him if he has to. Yeah. I think Atati's a great player and I think it would be I think hold on to him is key but if he does go for £25 million I think the manager will believe he can go and replace him but then but, but then the same it's way, about, the same way about, but, but then you just the said you just said five minutes ago about the importance the Champions League come, you know it comes around quickly you have to be ready so I, I think there is a really interesting balance uh, of, yeah. of the way Celtic do their business over the summer because you have to have that core of quality players so, so what we, we saw it. We saw it the weekend. Okay, Carter Vickers out, um, um, Kyogo out, Maida, who's integral to the way Celtic play, not playing. Okay, and and the team weren't quite at it. And there are other reasons uh, for for that as well. So we can't look at that game in isolation. But you, you know, I I do think that there are certain players who Celtic have to really scrap and hang on to if the ambition, which is the ambition which all the supporters want to see. And we all want to see is to really give themselves the best possible chance of competing in the Champions League. And do you know what? Even with the players we've talked about, it's still going to be difficult. But give so give ha- yourselves the best chance. So what happens then, Chris, in the summer? Uh, English Premier League team comes in, twenty-five million pound bid for Hatati, eighty grand a week contract. Celtic say no, need off the Champions League. Is that not what happened with Ayer and Edward? And it left with no, us but, alone. But, but I don't. I, I so don't. Celtic knock back. Celtic knock back offers for to to keep them for the ten in a row season. And then you end sensed, up. Have you sensed Hatate uh, not playing at the at the required level of intensity? Not at all. That's, that's, well, there's your answer. There's the difference. Yeah, but I didn't sense that with um, Chris Iyer either, or Odson Edward, or Ryan did, Christie. Did you not? Not, not, not going into that season, no. Not going into the final season, no. 
I think what, everyone thought. I think everyone thought they were going to win ten. What happened? What happened in the final season then? The, the way well, they, the way they but, they, but Chris, that's what I'm saying. We can't predict what happens in the future. But, 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 but you can. But you can. Um, you know, you can look at the recent past and the immediate past and make a judgment off that, which is what Postecoglou and the club did with I, with Edward, with Ryan Christie. Yeah, but I think if a, if a big money offer comes in for a player and Celtic can't knock it back, that's the whole model. Is I mean, Hatati's 25 years old. It's a whole model is built on cashing in on these guys. But they need the to, they, 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 they can replace them. That, that there's a responsibility where there needs to be a time where that where they pick and choose who they sell. I think that that is that is really important. And and the beauty of uh, you know the team this season and the players Postecoglou has brought in and, and nurtured. In the main, I think we'd say that virtually every player has improved. So, you know, I think if Celtic want to compete or, or do their best to compete, and we saw how difficult it was last season, then, you know, they have to keep the, the big guns at the club. Yeah, you know, we do not trust the manager to go and find replacements. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's uh, eventually, eventually that sort of well will run dry. And, and you know, I'm not saying the luck is, is judgment, but... You know, and I, I know it's I know it's the model. I, you know, I do know it's the model, but I do think, you know, we always get to this stage with Celtic managers in the Champions League, and and in the end, it's the Champions League which, which essentially always uh, does for Celtic managers, doesn't it? But you know, this season especially, um, you know, I do think there needs to for Celtic the standard chance they need to have their 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 biggest and best players ready and firing into the Champions League to, to and, and Ange Postecoglou's got a lot of things right and he's always talked about well um, you know when we do come to a transfer window we want to get better players in and I understand I understand all that you know um, but you know they need to need to be ready and um, and you know that's that's the big one next season for Celtic. You know, Celtic have been so dominant in the league, and I know the, the, the importance of the league. But I think Celtic supporters are at the stage where they're thinking we want to see the team go in Europe. Now, I don't want to create a situation, um, Chris, when I, I give away a location and a bit like when the kids find out that Harry Styles is at a hotel, the front door gets mobbed. But you are actually in a hotel in Manchester just now. Uh, because you will get to see the levels that Celtic need to get to because you're at the Etihad for Manchester City Real Madrid. Yeah, uh, well, we, you know, we saw Celtic earlier on this season, didn't we? Uh, yeah. You know, really perform well for 55 minutes, 60 minutes against Madrid at Celtic Park. And then uh, and then the experience and the quality and finding a way, and that's what this Madrid team are. They are masters of finding a way just to, just to win games. That the, now's the experience they have individual brilliance with the likes of Vinicius Jr. Uh, so, look, look, I mean, that, that, that's the level that, you know, Celtic are always aspiring to get to, but because of the financial difference, it's uh, it's impossible. I actually, you know, I've said to, you, to, to both of you many times with the columns which were done and on these, uh, on, on these podcasts, I, you know, I really admire the way Ange Postecoglou goes about his business in the, in the way that uh, his teams play uh, against uh, whatever the opposition is, you know, I think that it is his attacking approach is really exciting to watch. And, you know, that first 55, 60 minutes at Celtic Park against Madrid was 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 brilliantly eye-opening. I mean, it really, really was. 
But then I think over the whole course of the Champions League campaign, um, you know, I think I think the players would have learned a harsh, harsh lesson. You know, five nil down in Madrid after what sixty odd minutes, and and then you know I was I was sort of putting my hands over my eyes in commentary when Celtic were still chucking seven players into the box and get getting countered, uh, you know, by by Real Madrid sort of five v twos where they missed their, their opportunities a couple of times. Uh, and but Ange Postecoglou is always about the bigger picture. But it makes this European competition going into the Champions League so, so big because there do have to be lessons learned. And I, I just wonder, I just wonder whether, you know, you've mentioned Iwata, whether uh, and, and his position, which he plays, is, you know, more of a, a deep-lying midfielder where Callum McGregor plays, whether Ange Postecoglou may tweak things a little bit this season or coming into next season, sorry. Michael, you believe that's the case, don't you? I do. I also think that's why I think last weekend was a bit of a chance missed. I think, I mean, listen, far bit from you to tell Ange Postecoglou how to coach. I'm looking forward to the next <laughs> press conference. Well, listen, I, I accept Swanee, that can you, can you Can you clip this up, Swanee? Okay. Um, and the no, next, just, next time you're in, in front of Ange Postecoglou, <laughs> just, just relay that to him. Mick Gannon said us Coaching is Coaching is You got it wrong. Did you say, can I clip this up? Cool. Yeah, clip it up. Barely clip up my top button. Hard <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me to give. One of our technical maestros may do that, Christopher. Not me. No, uh, no. What I was saying. Look at Mick chat himself now. Uh, apart from apart from giving coaching <laughs> advice from a, from a guy who won the Glasgow and District Cup in 1998. Um, no, I just I think. Mate. What was I trying? Is it? Oh yeah, I think that the weekend was a chance to tweak things and play a European kind of style game. I think they will tweak it next year. I think they will change things slightly. Um, they can't be as naive in Europe next year um, and get, they, get, they get punished for a bit of naivety last year didn't they um, it's it's a brutally tough environment you can't play the same way you want to play in that environment you just can't no one does that no matter if you're Inter Milan Napoli or Real Madrid so you have to be you have to be adaptable and I think they will be next year uh, I think they will tweak things slightly we'll have to wait and see what it looks like right enough um, I'd well but, save we'll I think I started with the punt you went I for think, a punt which was good. <laughs> I, think no. they, I, think, <laughs> I think what they do need next year is they need to take a scalp, don't they? I think Ange can do with taking a scalp. He needs to beat a better team. Um, that's the one thing we've been missing so far. I think he needs to beat a team that's, that's a heavy favourite against Celtic. He needs to beat them. That's his, that's his challenge next year. I think getting that, I mean, forget about top two in Champions League. We actually get a really good draw. I think finishing third in the group and getting beyond Christmas in the Europa League would be a great achievement. I think that's got to be a target. I should get that third spot. And they've been far off it this year. I mean, they, they, they kind of blew it a bit um, against. So they're unlucky in the in the uh, in the the next game, Shakhtar game. Should have been comfortable. Should have won. Yeah. I, I actually, I actually thought Leipzig over both games probably deserve. Well, they certainly deserve to win the away game, Leipzig. Oh, uh, and over both games, were, you know, were slightly better. Albeit Celtic had the had the period, but we all know at that at that level, they have to Celtic have to be ruthless, and it's you know a situation at, at, at you know at both ends where they just can't make. I mean, for years, the Celtic teams in European competition, there there are you know little errors which creep in, and you you know, and we we always look back and say, oh, another individual error which which cost us. You you want to compete at that level, they have to they have to cut those errors out. That's looking ahead to next season. Uh, before this season is up, it should be mentioned, Chris, as a former striker yourself. The and P- midfielder and centre half. I don't know whether you reported on the game. <laughs> <laughs> and I tried to 
I was trying to leave them periods of your career out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to give you the big up here. Yeah, uh, PFA Scotland Player of the Year, Kyogo Fulahashi. No arguments there, I wouldn't have thought. Oh, well, I'd, I'd argue with it. Um, you would argue with it? Well, I, I, you know, I've said many times, I'm not going to change my mind just to, just to suit an argument. Uh, I would have had Hatate as, as Player of the Year. Um, I think Kyogo would have been in the top three. And, you know, I get why people have, have voted for him because they vote for, you know, the strikers, the, you know, the, the, the goal getters. The glory guys, and you know he's been brilliant for Celtic. Uh, I would have had Hassan's cheers ahead of him. <laughs> yeah, listen, he, I mean he's he's a phenomenal player. His movement, way he conducts himself, and you know I, I get why people have, uh, you know, other other players have voted for him. You know, it's uh, he, you know he's been excellent. Another player Celtic have to have to hang on to. He seems really happy at Celtic though. With the, I mean, you guys do the interviews. He, you know. He's, he seems to have. He's, he's really quite humble, which is unusual for a, uh, a footballer. You know, talked about not being the finished article. He's twenty-eight, still got a lot of work to do, and um, that's why he's a top player. Let, let's be honest, let's be honest, Warren. I mean, you and I could play up front for Celtic in the last kind of twenty-five years. Still get fifteen goals a season. It must be pretty easy. What chances you get? <laughs> you, put, you could put a wheelie van in there and get half a dozen goals a season. I can't. I can't believe you put Swanee into the into that category <laughs> as well. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. That's another. That's another bit we'll clip up and we'll we'll take to the next Celtic <laughs> press conference. Uh, he's a wealthy man, isn't he? He's a, he's a wealthy one. One season, I'll have you know. <laughs> he's a he's a wealthy one, Kyogo. I thought Carl McGregor was the best player in Scotland this season, but um, I understand why Kyogo won it. I mean, his his goal return has been phenomenal. Um, Defences just can't can't deal with him. His movement and his speed. So he has he's, he has top notch. So you can't really argue too much, can you? Even if it is easy to score goals for Celtic. Damn me, <laughs> Chris. We're coming at the end of the podcast. Uh, it would be remiss not to cast your mind back to Seville. Uh, we're approaching the twentieth anniversary. You look back on it now. How proud are you of the fact that you were involved in that entire run? And that final, or is it still irritants that you didn't go all the way and won it? Yeah, I think I think a bit of both. I mean, you know, proud to have played a part in that whole Martin O'Neill era, really. And uh, you know, interesting in Martin's first season, uh, I think we got knocked out of Europe by Bordeaux, um, and I don't think anybody expected us to to move and compete as quickly as we did in, in, uh, in European competition. And it just, it just, it just takes a bit of momentum and we, and we got that and we had the belief and we, you know, we had, we had some quality players, you know, within the team, Lambert, Lennon, you know, uh, Henrik, Big John, Moravchik, Petrov, uh, you know, a team with, with you're standing in a tunnel Looking down the tunnel, going out against whatever opposition you're thinking we've, uh, you know, we've got a chance. That's, you know, in that whole Seville run, beating the, you know, the English teams, Blackburn Rovers beating Liverpool, John Hartson's goal, one of the, you know, great European goals for Celtic. Um, and then the semi-final was interesting, wasn't it? Because you, you know, we end up uh, drawing Boa Vista, and then the expectation levels go through the roof because we're expected to win and. Larson's goal uh, that evening, what it was ten minutes to go, he's probably the only player who could have sort of dug that 
dug that out. And, you know, the, the scenes at Glasgow Airport coming back are something which I'll, I'll never forget. But then you have the final and, um, you know, in the end, you ended up losing the final. That's a, that's a huge disappointment. And it's, you know, it's one of those sort of opportunities which we, which we didn't take. And that's the way I still feel about it. But very, you know, proud, the whole, the whole occasion flying over the sea of green and white supporters going to the stadium is something which I'll, you know, never forget. But essentially, we didn't go over the line. It's amazing to think that run may not have happened if a striker hadn't missed a howler in Basel in the Champions League qualifiers. Well, it depends how you define howler. I wouldn't describe that as a as a howler, but I take your point. What a memory he's got, Mick. Oh, half. That's a, that's a harsh one, Chris. He's talking about, talking about probably the, the greatest Celtic team in the last since the Lisbon Lions, I think. It's one he's digging you out. What <laughs> We need we need to have some more of those debates about which Celtic team was the uh, aside from the Lisbon Lions. People love you. You guys love those debates, don't you? We do. Is Angie's team better than Martin O'Neill's? Is it better than Brendan's? No, no. You, uh, in fairness, Chris, you, you, that said, you, you're part of is is well, certainly in my lifetime is is, is the best Celtic team that, that I've seen in my lifetime. But I'm but then again, I'm quite. But I'm good. You guys remember? <laughs> certainly, certainly in my lifetime, I would agree. This Back to I'm not blowing smoke crass on this podcast, but you got to tell your opinion. Don't try, don't try and win me round now. That's not no, your team's that whole Phoenix one. I mean, you guys yeah. didn't lose a home game in Europe for two seasons in the Champions League and all that stuff. It was incredible. You look back to compare to now, um, the amount of teams that you guys saw off during that period. I mean, I think was that was the English games the ones that really and you enjoyed the most, Chris. I mean, Blackburn and Liverpool. Those two are the ones that I think at that time, two teams in the top five, six in England, I mean, huge. I mean, that Liverpool team went on to win the European Cup 18 yeah. months ago. There, 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 there was that whole debate doing the rounds back then uh, about uh, about Celtic and Rangers joining the uh, the English Premier League, wasn't there? And, you know, I think our team would have, would have really. Really done well in the Premier League. I do. I mean, we used to we used to have pre-season games. I don't know whether you used to come down to them. We used to go and play. We used to go down and wallop Fulham every season at Craven Cottage. Uh, QPR on a couple of occasions. I think we we beat them seven once. We used to fly out to America. Uh, you know, go on a pre-season tours, and then I, I always felt that um, you know those games were so important for for the for the team and Scottish football in terms of making a mark and making a point because, you know, you know, still everybody talks about the, the riches of the Premier League and the financial gap and the, the English game is so much better than the Scottish game. So that was, you know, good to prove on a couple of occasions, especially with the Sooness men against boys stuff, uh, that, you know, we were we were better than, than both uh, those teams. Blackburn was, a you know, a strange one because I played at Blackburn for five years. Um uh, but we didn't need any any sort of motivation, and there's the stories which do the rounds about we pinned up the men against boys stuff on the wall in the Blackburn dressing room. That wasn't the case. We were a side where we were more disappointed with the way that we'd actually performed ourselves, albeit we'd we'd won the game at Celtic Park. And that, but that was a stupid thing for uh, Sooness to to say. And Gary Flitcroft, who was a you know, really good player, Gary, one of my teammates at Blackburn, he said the same thing. Uh, but we were, you know, more concerned about our level of performance, and you know, we went down to Ewood, Ewood Park and and gave them, you know, 
took them and gave them a, one hell of a beating, really, and that was memorable. And then the Liverpool game. I played in the home game, uh, but Bobo Baldi broke my wrist uh, in a game just before the, the, the away game at Anfield. But that was a you know an unbelievable performance. It did, you know, it, it got to the stage where when we played the English sides, I don't think I don't think that we were surprised that we, you know, beat them. And that's not that's not being arrogant. That's just sort of saying, well, you know, I always thought they're standing in a tunnel at, at Parkhead. It didn't matter who was who the opposition were. If we play to our strengths uh, and to our capability, and you know, we don't make daft mistakes, we we can be a match for anybody. And I think that panned out pretty much like that. I think we really let ourselves down away from home in the Champions League in Europe on, on, on a number of occasions. But I think, that, you know, you touched on the home record. I do think it's something that Celtic have to get back to. And you guys will know the sort of stats better than me, but Celtic Park used to be, uh, you know, a real fortress and, uh, and, a, and a place other teams feared to come to. Uh, I think that there has been in sort of recent, I don't know, maybe maybe longer than recent memory where teams come and they enjoy the atmosphere and that's not, you know, they need to start coming to Celtic Park and, you know, really fearing the uh, the atmosphere and the, and the team. So, um, you know, it'd be good if, if Celtic can get back to that level. Very good point. Because, isn't it? I, I may have got this wrong, but I think Neil Lennon's team that beat Ajax 2-1 would be the last group game that Celtic won at home in the Champions League, if I got that right. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Um, I know. I, I, I don't have the stats at hand, but yeah, um, in terms of victory, yeah, I think you're probably Yeah, right. I think that's the yeah. first step. This is right, isn't it? That's yeah. the first step. And you, like, you look at teams that came to Celtic Park, Juventus, AC Milan, Benfica, Villarreal, Porto, Lyon, Bayern Munich, none of these teams got results at Celtic Park. It's incredible the last of teams that, that, that went away getting spanked in, in Scotland. Um, yeah. I, I want to ask you, Chris, about the actual final itself, but were you aware as players what was happening in the city that 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 that, that week? I mean, the sheer numbers of people who oh, were getting. Yeah. Did you were you aware of it? Did you sense it? I mean, it was absolutely unbelievable. It seems. Uh, yeah, you know, I did. You know, I mentioned that uh, the semi final flying back into Glasgow. I think we got back in uh, about four in the morning, and <laughs> the airport was just full of Celtic pundits. I mean, it was. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Really, I'd never experienced anything like that. Um, and then, you know, the whole the whole occasion, the final. I mean, my, you know, my dad travelled out to the game and uh, with with my with my younger brother. But the you know, driving to the game, it was like endless and endless. The thousands and thousands of Celtic fans, which were which were out there. So we, you know, we were we were well well aware. And then with that comes the expectation. We you know we had the expectation within the group within ourselves. Uh, but you, you know, you have the expectation that we wanted to, you know, really give the fans something to celebrate, and to, you know, have everything that was, you know, probably the biggest sickener in the, you know, why we, you know, imagine the, imagine the part they had we got over the line. It was good enough anyway, but uh, but that's you know that's the thing, and you know, essentially, you look back, we we lost the game, which you know was a massive disappointment. Have you ever had the chance to dig up Josie? Have you used tactics that night that you dark arts? Have you had the chance to dig him up? <laughs> Uh, not uh, not to his face, no. Just behind his back, yeah. The dirty <laughs> diving. Time waste. Swear on this pod, but there you go. You're better than that. 
that, that <laughs> I, I mean that, that look to be to be I mean, there's a lot made of it at this moment in time isn't there down in the premier league about i don't i don't know whether it's the same in you know in scotland about time wasting and i know was a motherwell the other week where you know, pretty good at it, what have you. But that's every every team does it, don't they? And it's up to the uh, you know the officials to to keep a track of things. But uh, you know they were doing what they had to. It didn't feel right. And the truth is, is you know it's it's infuriating. And we wanted to smash the faces in. Really, um, that's yeah. You know, but that's you know as part of the game. And we would we have done the same thing? Not not to that extent, but. You know, naturally, if you're trying to trying to win a big trophy, you 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 know do whatever it takes. Big man is talking about smashing faces in Michael, so I would suggest this would be a good time for us to end this. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time, gentlemen. Much appreciated. Cheers, 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 cheers guys. Have a good day. Thanks to everyone for listening. Good luck. <laughs>